Alright, Joey. It's the fa- my favorite video of the week. The weekly in-depth MMA podcast. Lots to talk about this week. Some fight announcements, some different fight permutations, some matchups. But first, I wanted to address Yusuf. He had a fantastic question for us. Um, I felt like I wasn't able to sat my answer. I wasn't. I didn't satisfy myself with my answer. And then we got some news about a retirement this week. Stefan Strube. And last week, Yusuf asked who was one of the underachievers, and his name actually didn't come to mind. But looking back on it. Stefan Struve to me is the biggest underachiever. Um, I think that was a question, something to that effect, because he never learned how to use his reach and his height to his advantage. He he never learned how to use it. Um, he has a win over Stipe Miocic, you know, and it was just unfortunate to see a guy that tall, that lanky, you know, with with that kind of size, not be able to use that striking to his advantage and. Um, He's actually pretty young, too. I think he's 33 or 34, which is super young for a heavyweight, you know. And then he had some health complications, which even led into the retirement. So, for me, he had the most underwhelming career in one of the, um, I don't want to say easier divisions, but divisions that he should have been able to be more of a force in. So, Yusuf, that's my answer right there, and I think I'm happy with that. So, what what exactly was the question the most a person that underachieved in underachieved MMA? Underachieved or something like that, yeah. Yeah, for me, and I, this was a question I, I gave uh, for one of the questions last couple of weeks, one of the wasted talent. Um, TJ Grant, man, he he looked very, very good, you know, into, up until he had those concussion symptoms and then subsequently retired. Um, I always was curious what he could have done. And looking back, you know, everyone's going to say, oh, well, compare, kind of compare him to current day's lightweights, and it's not really going to, you know, he's not he's not going to look as good going back and looking at him. But at the time, it really looked like he could have been a force. Yeah, mm-hmm. a, a champion at lightweight. So um, that's a guy that I'll always keep in the back of my mind as an underachiever because, man, I felt like he could have done so much, especially in his time period. And we never got to see him even attempt to fight for a title, which is crazy considering <laughs> – he was supposed to be next in line at one point. Even had a title fight lined up against Benson Henderson, and he disappeared forever. Yeah, so it's a tough situation, you know. Um, there's many names that you could choose on that list, but it was just—it's just crazy. With the announcement of, um, for me, I I knew the Stephen Struve one was coming. You know, after there was a card that he was supposed to be on. Your memory's better than mine. I think something happened to him backstage. He had a panic attack or something like that. You know, he wasn't able to go out and fight. Um, you know, that kind of touched me because that hit close to home. I know a lot of people that deal with a lot of mental illness and stuff personally. So um, it, it was just crazy to see. But to, for me, when I first saw Stefan Struve, I never thought that, you know, his career would turn out the way it did. And it was very underwhelming for me. But I wish him the best in retirement. Hopefully he, because um, he had a lot of skills, man. He was a good jiu-jitsu guy. You know, he was tall. He, he had a lot of um, uh, reach, you know. So it was just it's just crazy. I just hope that going on, maybe he'll become a coach and he'll stay close to the sport and that he could try to pass down what he does know to um, younger fighters because um, who knows what type of financial situation he's in. He had um, for some time that he didn't fight, you know. I think it was some sort of health complications. I don't remember exactly what it was, but some, for some time he wasn't there fighting. Yeah, his heart. Yeah, and... Um, 
And it's just unfortunate because a lot of these guys, they go to the wayside and a lot of people don't remember them, especially if they're not the most massive of names. But these are people, too. They have family to take care of, financial situations and things to deal with. And we know that we love the sport, but these aren't the most paid athletes in the world. So, Stefan Struve, I wish you the best. Thank you for putting on the performances that you did put on. And I uh, wish you well in your retirement, man. Yeah, man. He, I remember he had so much promise. Yep. And I don't know, you know, what ended up really happening. But, man, he was looking very good at some points in his career. And just to kind of see him slowly fall off, you know, lose a lot, a couple fights by knockout, I believe. Mm-hmm. I remember he got brutally finished by Alistair Overeem. The health issues, um, it sucks he we couldn't see what he may have been able to be. Um, I think Yusuf had a couple questions. Do you have the other questions in front of yeah, you? Yeah, I actually do. So we're going to get into um, all of them. By the way, if, if if anybody else has any questions for next week, comment down below on this one. And if anybody who watches this entire podcast ever comments timestamps for us, I will love you forever. Because I always want to try to get timestamps, but sometimes it's really hard to go back and get timestamps for this long podcast. Um but what were the other questions, Sully? And also, Yusuf, um, before we read off the question, I got to keep thanking you, man. Every single week, you keep dropping these questions, and they're always quality questions, fantastic. And even if you disagree with one of our takes, you've always been a forward thinker, fair, and you've been here. We appreciate you, man. Um, when the channel gets bigger, I'm sure there'll be something that we'll be able to do for you. And uh, just know we recognize your support. Honestly, we do appreciate it. So his first question that he had was a fantastic question. And you're going to answer this first. Yeah, you're going to answer this first. He said, what would be more impressive, a win against John Jones or Khabib? Okay, I I have an answer to your question, Yusuf. But I'm going to add one word into it. What would be more impressive? A dominant win over John Jones or Khabib. The word, key word being dominant there. Uh, and I'm going, man, that's a really tough question, even once I add that word into it. Uh, I'm going to say John Jones just because of the prolonged dominance, the well-rounded of skills, because I feel like, and this is a big if, I feel like if a really good striker can go in there and they can stuff Khabib's takedowns, which is a big if, I feel like someone could really dominate him on the feet. But it's always the threat of the takedown and trying to stuff him, which kind of levels the playing field as far as striking-wise. Where John Jones, he's great everywhere. He's great striking at distance. He's great in the clinch. He has great wrestling. He has great jiu-jitsu. Even though he's had some close fights against some quality guys, it's just he doesn't have that hole in his game. And I know Khabib striking has gotten better over the years, and it's not really that bad. But I just feel like if you get – I feel like if Justin Gaethje – and I know this is kind of a bad example because Khabib did look good on the feet there, but it was because Justin was so scared of that takedown. He did not want to get taken down at all. But I feel like if Gaethje – let's say he was stuffing those takedowns, I feel like he could win devastatingly. If, because if he's stuffing the takedowns, he's not going to be scared of the takedowns. Man. I know. I'm just giving you a situation uh-huh. in which where John Jones, there's not that hole. Like, like we always come up with, oh, if you want to win this fight, you got to do X, Y, Z. For Khabib, it's always going to be stuff the takedowns and strike with him. 
But for John Jones, I don't know what the recipe is to beat him. It's I I, I don't know. Uh, He's so well rounded everywhere. So for me, a win over him dominantly in all facets. You know, you're able to outstrike Jones, and then he tries to take you down. You stuff his takedowns, or you take him down and hold him down. That would be super impressive to me. But either win, you know, over Khabib or John Jones would be super impressive to me. What about you? What do you think? Yusuf, you're going to get your money's worth on this um, on this question because this is going to span the wild because this is where you're going to notice the philosophical differences between myself and my partner in crime, Joey, over there. <laughs> All right. Now, me and you are on two different pages, two completely different phases. I'm going to need you to defend your stance. Me personally, a win over Habib would be a dominant win over Habib would be the most impressive. I will list the reasons why. Lightweight, we have come to I, almost near unanimously agree. That is a ta- one of the most, if not the most, one of the most talent-rich divisions. He's reigned over that division as a specialist, which means, as you said, there's for, for most of us, logical thinkers, there's a path to victory. Stop the takedowns, be a high-level striker. But the thing is, no one has been ever been able to stop the takedowns. That's the key part. The takedowns for him has been unstoppable. You know, he's always been able to get a hold of him. And he's always been able to do enough on the feet. Now, for John Jones... He is my pound-for-pound pound greatest fighter of all time. But light heavyweight, my at this point, they got to pay me for saying this. This is my phrase. It leaves a lot to be desired. John Jones' earlier resume coming up when he was killing off all of the older, um, all of the older talents and older legends was there. Super impressive. We have to take a time to go back and look at some of these names and where they have gone since that they have fought Jones. Um, but... Now, in the later spans of his career, you know, some of those names that he's he has wins over is they're kind of funny, you know, they're kind of kind of in this little gray area. And we know that light heavyweight isn't as talent rich as lightweight is. So that's that's my stance there. Also concerning Jones. Jones has the ability now to show us. That even though I think he's, I already think he's the greatest, you know that, but he has the ability now to show us like something different in a division. Like he has to, to, to just bust everything open to, at heavyweight. Um, Habib you want does, to bust it open? Yeah, disgusting. Habib doesn't have that ability um, right now because he says he's retired, but the divisions that they're in, the talent is so different, you know, um, when you try to compare the two. Uh, the sustained dominance is a real thing. I give Jones a lot of credit for that sustained dominance, the ease of those wins. Also, I know for me, it comes into play. I don't know how much it comes into play for you, but to know that Jones is a party guy, to know the kind of lifestyle that he lives and to have that kind of dominance while having that kind of lifestyle, it says a lot about what kind of athlete that he is because majority of athletes, if they try to simulate that lifestyle that he has and be at the top of the game, they would not be able to do it. So it says a lot about him. But man, lightweight, the, the guys that he had to go through in Khabib had to, had to go through. It's just it's so it's so com it's like it's it's so much there's so much there to talk about and there's so much there to think about. Couple of things that not Khabib is the fact that the health throughout his career. Some of the fights that he wasn't able to have, some of the fights that he's missed, 
and the fact that the long-term dominance isn't there. But I just think light, um, lightweight is a harder division because of the talent that's in there. And what we've seen him do and how he's exposed other people, how he's always been a professional in the sense that he came in, got everything that he needed to do, to, to do done. How only only against Al Iaquinta has he ever fought down to an opponent's level of competition. Um, and that's just one time where we have we have Jones numerous times as that's happened. You know, I would give the nod to um, Habib in the sense that it would be more impressive. Um, but, you know, those are my reasons for that. I don't know. What what is yeah. your what is your opinion on my take? I just for me and I I totally get what you're saying as far as the quality of the division. But for me sometimes you wonder is it really the light heavyweight division that uh, much as far as talent? Is it that much less as far as talent? Yes. Or is it just John Jones looking that good no, against we'll, it? We'll get into it and um and, and and also, you look at some of the guys he beat, even with, you know, as far as, uh, you know, title defenses and whatnot, even with, you know, the, the lower supposed talent level, he has so many more wins at the top of the top that I feel like than, than Khabib does. Khabib has a, a great resume, don't get me wrong, but even you just recently were yeah. saying that arguably Tony Ferguson has a better resume. I played Devin. I let's, let's be, let's, hold on. Hold on now. Let's pump the brakes. Hold on. Hold on I played devil's advocate. In the vid- in that video, I said, let me play devil's advocate. I personally, because it's my thoughts, so let me, let me give my thoughts to it. I don't believe that, but an argument could be made. I, could, I can understand someone attempting to make that argument, but I personally, that's not my beliefs, but I could understand the argument be made, be made. So that was my thoughts. And also, if you look at John Jones. Yeah. Not only he has he been consistent, yes. He's he's fought multiple generations yes. of fighters. I mean, look at his resume. He went through uh, Shogun to win the title, yep. then Rampage yep. Jackson, then Leota Machida, Rashad Evans, yep. uh, Vitor Belfort, all quality guys at the time. But yep. now you think of them as has-beens, kind of a little bit. Net, you know, today's age. <sighs> but then you look at some of these other guys he fought: Gusts and Glover Teixeira, yep. Daniel Cormier. Yep. Daniel Cormier is the number two. UFC heavyweight, heavyweight of, of all time, of all time. Yep. and the number two light heavyweight yep. of all time UFC light heavyweight and also I know a lot is made of Khabib's record 29 and 0 but a lot of those fights were against, trash, against nobodies yep. against nobodies outside Agreed. the UFC I think he's 13 and 0 in the actual UFC so a lot of those wins came out and I, I just feel like I don't disagree for me, for me the argument yep. comes down to I just believe John Jones is so much more well-rounded. Yes. I don't see the avenues to victory against him. Where mm-hmm. Khabib, I see the avenue to victory against him. It's hard. And then also, hold on, one last thing I want to say. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, but like, I want to say one last thing. As far as the Khabib, uh, you know, obviously the key to victory is stuffing takedowns against him and outstriking. You don't have the lightweight division for whatever reason doesn't have those grappling and wrestling heavy guys like some of the other divisions do, like welterweight, uh, light heavyweight. Um, light heavyweight. I'm not, we gotta be careful. We gotta be um, careful there. We gotta. Uh, we gotta be real I'm, careful there. You, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. What I'm saying is, you look at some of these other divisions that have wrestling heavy type guys. Mm-hmm. 
you know, in welterweight you have Colby Usman. Um, at light heavyweight, man, you got to be real careful there. That division has been in shambles. Let me let me let me pull. All right, so let me so let me jump in this before I forget this thought. All right, okay, so look, it's it's a philosophical difference. I do not I don't disagree with what you're saying. All right, I think that John Jones is the goat. So. That means, just by the basis of that, that I tend to agree with more, align myself more with with your logic than what I'm currently saying. But I have to be careful here because we have to preface this. And it's our fault because as a channel, we said that we would release videos on people's resume and as in the greatest of all times and what happened to fighters after they lost to the supposed greatest of all times in their career trajectory and try to rank these guys probably, and we haven't done it yet. But let's go back and let's let's talk about some of these guys. John Jones, um, look, his resume is better. He has better names. I don't disagree. Just having Dan, I can only have to listen one name. Just having DC on his resume, that's it makes it better. Just DC alone. But I'll the make problem, this bold statement. I'll make this bold statement. The fact that John Jones has beat DC yes, twice, yes, surpasses Khabib's entire resume. I agree with you. I agree with you. But the problem here is, is that. There's there's some wins I want to call out. OSP. It doesn't do much for me. Alright. Gufsterson. Now Gufsterson had a very has a very, 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 very short short time at the tippity top. I remember when um John Jones nearly beat him. Uh me and you had a discussion and I always I told you I said philosophically I could never elevate someone who lost. You understand? Like I'm not gonna I'm not going to elevate someone to the top that lost. You're not going to get a participation trophy. I'd be more impressed if you had taken him down, um, taking him down, as in beating him. And then we came around and we saw in the rematch, he just got destroyed. And Gustafson fell off a cliff after the, um, I believe, Daniel Cormier fight. But there's other names that are here that are crazy. Chell Sonnen, Vitor Belfort. I think this was still, um, this was still TRT Belfort here. Fantastic win if, if, uh, at the time. It was 2012. Rashad Evans fell off a cliff. Um, Leota Machida was a fantastic win, but just a size size advantage. Rampage Jackson, extremely limited fighter at the time. Shogun Hewa, he started to be a dead body at this time. Ryan Bader, limited fighter. Like, you know, we, we, could, go, we could go on and on and try to nitpick. Here's Anthony Smith. Limited. I don't think we'll ever see him as a contender ever, ever again. Dominic Reyes. I called this from the beginning. I told you, and let me just sign my name on the dotted line. I have never believed in Dominic Reyes. It was also the reason why I picked Yan to beat him. Remember, I told you Yan was going to beat the mm-hmm. brakes off him. I've never believed in him. I believe he'll soon fall off a cliff as similar to Anthony Smith. That's yet to be seen. I'm sure many people will disagree with me. But that's my beliefs there. But with John Jones, with the exception, to me, his most exceptional wins was against one man. And that was Daniel Cormier. Because we know the level that he's at. But I agree with what you're saying. My only problem is, is that I'm more impressed by a limited man being unstoppable than an unstoppable man being unstoppable because everybody goes into the game saying I have to stop the takedowns and if I stop the takedowns I'll be all right but no one is able to accomplish that John Jones is just an enigma 
No one goes into the game saying like there's anything they could do. They already lost by the time like like exactly. They get That's what no, you're no, making my no, argument. No, 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 no. Because it's a philosophical difference. I'm always more impressed by the guy that is handicapped, by the guy that is limited, versus it's to me it's talent versus hard work. For me personally, the guy that is limited, that is his hard work. That made him where he's at. I'm more impressed than the guy that just woke up and always was like that. That's just a personal I, taste. It's not. I know, but it's a personal. That, no, no, no. It's not. It's a personal taste. It's not anything to the debate. It's just a personal taste. Because remember, at the end of the day, I agree that John Jones is the pound for pound guy. So I'm not arguing with you. I look. If I had to take one of those fighters and ask which one is the best, for me, it's John Jones. Every single time. I know, but, but it's what I'm a, saying No, is, no, I understand what you're saying. But what I'm trying to tell you, it's just a personal taste. It's 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 not even a matter of debate because it just comes down to what is your personal preference. Let me ask you something, though. Yeah. If Khabib's admittedly the more limited guy, mm-hmm. then why wouldn't a win over John Jones because, be more because, impressive? Because that's, because that's, that's the thing. He's more limited, meaning that there's more avenues to beat him, but no one has been able to do it. That for me, I'm more, imp- and that's why I said it's personal. It's a, it's a waste of time to even go back in a circle, circle, because it's a personal reason. I'm always gonna be more impressed by the guy that is limited and is unstoppable versus the guy that we already know off the bat is unstoppable. John Jones has not only size, he has not only striking ability, not only wrestling, not only jujitsu. He has everything in the book. So yes, I believe he's pound for pound best. Um. A win over him would be fantastic. Like, the only way at this point, the only way me and you think he's going to lose is knockout. knockout. Yeah, exactly. It's by knockout. But the fun for me personally is to go in there and to see, yo, Kamar Usman, how we stop him? Stop him from taking this down. Khabib, how do we stop him? Stop the takedown. And everyone knows that it's coming, but they're not able to do it. Honestly, that's what impresses me just for those men in particular. But I don't let that, and that's a personal preference, but I don't let that overshadow that John Jones, he's the only guy that we look, I don't know, maybe this is going to be the same for you, but he's the only guy that we've ever looked at and said, man, this guy, where's the holes? He's unstoppable. So so let me ask you this. If a guy goes in there mm-hmm. and is able to stuff Khabib's takedown and knock him out, yep. or a guy goes in there and just... Beats John Jones everywhere, like a Yan Blahovich, Dominic Reyes type beating. Yep. You're more impressed with the guy just stopping. That's exactly what I told you a million times. Yes, I'm more impressed because Damn. because every but it's a personal preference. It's not anything for debate. It's a personal reason. Yeah, I know. I'm it's, just... it's 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 for me to go in there and to see. It's it's one of those things where me and you talk about MMA so much, right? That it's like, it's one of those things where we go in and we're always talking about this. Can this guy stop this? Can this guy stop that? And then to just go and see them impose their will versus John Jones where it's like, it's fun to watch him. But I don't see the beauty in his game versus as I do Habib and and specialists like him because he can beat you everywhere. So it's... the beauty is in this. his dominance. I think most people would agree with you, and I'll tell you why. I think John Jones' mystique has kind of worn off a little bit with the close fights against Dominic mm-hmm. Reyes and Thiago Santos, where the Khabib mystique 
is 100% yep. right now. Pure dominance against uh, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, and Justin Gaethje. Back to back to back. Three good names there on his resume. So I think most people would agree with you. And also I think, if and this is really taking the question more into account, if you take a heavyweight beating John Jones or someone at lightweight dethroning Khabib, when you phrase the question like that at heavyweight, I would be more impressed with the guy at lightweight taking over Khabib, if that makes sense. Okay. You know what I mean? Because because I feel like John Jones is far more likely to lose at heavyweight than he is at light heavyweight. Does that make sense? Which is a fair assessment, but you know what's funny also for me? If John Jones goes up there, and I don't need I don't need him to be undefeated, but he goes up there and he has more wins than losses at heavyweight, at that point, I already believe that no one else has a comparable... Um, resume but at that point what are we supposed to do very true like like it's it's what are we supposed to do because the for the haters and we know that they're there for for the haters the 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 hate was always centered around he's bigger pause he's longer like he's he just has a size advantage that's what the haters always said that that's there's always their excuse now, if he goes up to, with men of a comparable size or larger and he's dominant there, what is there to say negative? Because we don't care about his his personal life. That's not what we're debating here. You know, like that's not a we're debating what we see in the octagon. And if he goes and he dominates those guys, which I predict that he will, then we're at a point. I also think that John Jones, he said, like at this point, we have never seen anyone more special. Because not only is he so dominant, but he's now going to potentially take on a challenge and say, I'm clearing out the heavyweight division. I'm going to stay here for a couple years and I'm going to clear this out. Imagine if GSP said, Yara, you know what? I'm done with welterweight. I'm coming to middleweight and I'm clearing it out. Not I'm going to fight Michael Bisping, but I'm going to clear out middleweight. Just imagine. Imagine if Anderson Silva said, you know what, I'm at middle I'm gonna clear out light heavyweight too wide I'm at it. I'm gonna clear it all out. For John Jones we're seeing unprecedented. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I still hate that the second John Jones vacates his belt, Adesanya moves up to light heavyweight to fight mm-hmm. Ian. I still I still wish that would have been the fight. I just think that would have been a huge fight. And I know we would have favored John Jones in that fight, but I just would have really liked to see it, you know. I felt like not that, hold on, not that an Adesanya win over Yan isn't big, but I feel like it kind of cheapens it a little bit. Imagine if Adesanya went up and just snatched that light heavyweight belt right off John Jones. That would have been a legacy-defining moment in his career. I'm not worried about Adesanya's, Adesanya's legacy because he has, he has even if he did, he has so much more that he needs to do. And I think that it's disrespectful to Jones that we keep trying to put Adesanya on the same level as him. There's a, he has so much work that he has to do. So I don't put Alessandro on the same level as Jones. For me, it will always be more impressive to see Jones go up and beat up Stipe Miocic and take that belt than it would have ever been for him to stay there and beat up Israel Alessandro. That's just me personally. In fact, I have more information about Stipe Miocic currently than I do about Israel Alessandro. Very true, very true. So that, Especially <laughs> considering his two top yes. wins are against Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa. And, you know, Costa was 
I mean, Robert Whitaker was well proven, yep. but Costa was kind of, um, even though I believed mm-hmm. in him and I picked him, his best win was against Joe Romero. Yep. And other than that, he didn't have a lot of names on his resume. Uh, anyway, I think he had some more questions, didn't he? Didn't he have a couple yeah. of them? And also remember, out of the both of us, I'm the biggest Israel Alessandro fan. But I'm not going to lie for these guys. I'm not on payroll for any one of these guys. What does Jones think? So I'm not going to, you know. I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to lie. Israel Asani has a lot of work to do. We're not going to give him the Conor McGregor treatment. All right. He <laughs> has to build. He has to build a lasting resume. I'm thoroughly impressed with what he's done so far, but we have to see sustained dominance. We have to see that before hey, we start crowning these guys, the best of all time, the greatest, this, the greatest, that let us see some sustained dominance. All right. So we've got to pump the brakes on that. Cause there's going to be some kind of hater that's going to have a, um, have a problem with that um, thing. But, no, I'm a big fan of Israel Asanya. Love everything oh, without that, a, yeah, that he does. Uh, yeah, without a doubt, man. And I can't wait to see him fight Yan for the title. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'll be the first to say Glover Teixeira is more deserving. That's debatable. <laughs> but but I can't. Look, that's debatable. I don't know. Is it? I don't think it's I don't really think debatable. It is. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, if based on uh, the merit of the um the belt, the the round of wins that he has in the division, yeah, it, it isn't. It isn't. Yeah, and especially when you think that Adesanya's only had the middleweight yeah. belt for two fights. Yep. And you have Teixeira getting dominant wins over guys. Still, some of those names do leave a lot to be desired. I, I know, but, you know, it was, it was super dominant win over Anthony Smith and a super... Pretty dominant winner over Thiago Santos. Man, I love Yusuf's questions, um, man. Look look how look what type of emotion he sparked in that conversation with just that one question. Please, if you're a subscriber and you have anything that you want us to talk about, drop it down in the comment section. We will definitely talk about it. We love talking about any of these questions. We love there being an open dialogue. We love you guys choosing, you know, whose argument you side with, or even putting your own input in the conversation. And if you put in the comment section that you want us to talk about this, you want us to highlight what you said, we will. We have no problem with that. This podcast is open discussion for everyone. Eventually, we're going to have everyone be able to tune in, and you're going to get your ideas out there. We're a community, and we're only going to be as good as each other, make e- as we all make each other, all right? So put the comments down there, and uh, we'll get some. This was a fantastic one right here. Another fantastic question by Yusuf. He said, and your answer to this first. He said, Khabib um, and Usman are both 13 and 0 in the UFC. Who has been the most impressive? And give me your reasons why. Who has been the most impressive? If you need a second to look at the resume. I'll say, no, I don't think I do. I think it's Khabib. Okay. Um, I know recency bias had me wanting to say Usman. But as far as the dominance of the wins, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I've always been high on Usman. I was one of the very few to pick Usman to take the belt off Woodley, uh, which I like to tout every time it gets brought up. As you uh, should. But, and I picked him to beat Colby. I picked him to beat Burns, obviously. Uh, and, and I'm super impressed with Usman. But just as far as the dominance that Khabib has shown in his title fights against high-level competition... I just think the question was, who are you more impressed with? Yeah. I, I just think it has to be Khabib right now, but it's very close, you know, especially when you look that Usman has beat guys like RDA, okay. uh, you know, um, 
Woodley, and I know Woodley looks bad now, but at the time, look what Woodley was yep. looking like. Uh, you know, you also have, you know, obviously Colby, which I mentioned, and now Gilbert Burns added on top of that. Uh, I think it's neck and neck, but as of right now, I'm going to go Khabib just for the fact that he blows all his opponents out of the water, where Usman, you know, with Jorge Masvidal, I know it was short notice, and he did dominate him, and he did win all five rounds. I just feel like Khabib's wins were overall, you left you left after those wins going, you know, wow, that was a great performance. Look what he did to Justin Gaethje. Made him look, make good fighters, even great fighters, look bad. I think, you know, look at look how well that Poirier win is now aging, man. Look, look at that, man. So what about you? Where do you go? All right, so I agree with you entirely except for one point. For me, I'm not going to question the... Um... The terms of the wins. I've always found that weird. For me, a win is just a win. You know, uh, 10 years from now, we're not going to be thinking about it. We're just going to look at the resume. We just, oh, he beat this guy, he beat this guy, he beat this guy. So for me, the wins doesn't even come into play. But I do think that it's way more comparable um, to each other than a lot of people want to admit. Damian Maya win for a guy stylistically, for a guy like uh, Usman, that was a fantastic win. Um, RDA win was fantastic. Size could have played it. I just have to be, I want to be transparent and fair. Size could have played a role in there. Woodley win was one of the best performances that I've seen from a, a, a guy coming in and beating the, the champion. Fantastic performance there. I thought, I thought he won every single round. Kobe Covington win, fantastic. Kobe Covington, no matter what you want to say about him as a person and as a human being, fantastic fighter. And that win was uh, was was great. Masvidal win, it was short notice. And at that time... Who was he supposed to fight? Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns. It was a whole stylistic uh, uh, difference, you know, and, and Usman took the fight on short notice as did Mazdal, and he went in there and he got he did what he needed to do. And the Gilbert Burns win, how impressive that Gilbert Burns won. I mean, pardon me, how impressive Gilbert Burns looked before that fight coming in and as he looked during the fight, that win was very good. I actually think, that if uh, Kamar Usman keeps it up, you know, resume-wise, there is a chance that he may be able to take Khabib. A lot of people will tell me I'm insane for that and uh, that thought. But Usman's building, he's building a fantastic resume. And also, at the time that he's beating these guys, these guys are still fantastic. One of the things that I wanted to talk about with the resume stuff and I was alluding to with John Jones is that sometimes you look at a champion, they beat these guys, and then those guys fall right off of a cliff and then you never hear about them again and so you could kind of mark and say that maybe their career trajectory the challengers they were on the downside of their career trajectory but if you look at the names here Mazdal has still been sticking around he hasn't fought yet we'll see what happens in his next fight but he's still a big name Gilbert Burns many people you personally believe that he's going to be a title challenger you know, coming to... For a long time. Yes. Kobe Covington has shown that he's still a competent fighter. Um, RDA, he's a professional. He's always up there. You know, um, with the exception of Damian Meyer due to age and Tyrone Woodley, who we've seen lose on that game show, etc., etc. Those are the only names you could look at and say that, um, that those men have, you know, fallen off a cliff. And at this point... Damian Maya can still trade wins with guys, even with the age and all sorts of stuff like that. Woodley, who knows what's wrong with him. Usman also beat um, Leon Edwards early on into his career. 
you know, so, and Leon Edwards, look at him. He's challenging for a title. So the resume and the longevity of those names that he's fought is still there. It shows that he's beaten guys that are still competent and still highly ranked within said division. It and, does a lot for him. And he's beating guys at their peak yes. as well. You know there you mean? go. So yeah. I think, you know, imagine a rematch with Colby if he beats Colby again. Mm-hmm. He's without a doubt, you know, cemented his legacy as one of the best. Um, and I man, I can't. Welterweight's super fun. I can't wait to see all the Kamara Usman matchups. Leon Edwards, Hamza Chimaev, Colby Covington too, Gilbert Burns too. Masvidal is kind of last on the list, but you know, okay, that'd be kind of fun, I guess. Yep. Um, was that the last question from you, sir? No. Or was there another one? I think there was more. He's getting his money worth, man. His questions are a majority of the podcast. Seems yep. like. Okay, he actually has two more. Great guy. Ooh. All right, he says, does favor beat? In his prime, the top 15, or pardon me, who does favorite beat in his prime in the top 15 at Bantamweight today? Ooh. Let's go look who at the top 15. Beat? I think he beats. All right, I'm just going to go. I'm looking at the list right now. I think he I think he loses to Peter Yan. And I know Peter Yan beat him, but that wasn't Uriah in his prime. But I think he beats Peter Yan beats Uriah in his prime. I think Uriah beats Aljamain Sterling in his prime. I think Corey Sanhagen beats Uriah Faber in his prime. I think Uriah Faber beats Rob Font. Uh, I think Uriah Faber loses to Cody Garbrandt. I think he loses to Jose Aldo, which we know he does anyway. I think Uriah Faber in his prime probably beats Marlon Marais. I know recency bias and all. Uh and Frank. man, I'm not Frankie Edgar. They fought each other. Didn't Frankie win that fight? I think. I think so. Uh, but I again, know. I don't think either guy was really in their prime at that point. Uh, but I'm gonna say, I think Frankie wins that fight. Uh, Pedro Munoz. I think Pedro Munoz beats him. I'm high on Pedro Munoz. Uh, Jimmy Rivera. Um, uh, I think Uriah beats Jimmy Rivera. Rafael Sunsal. I think Uriah Prime Uriah beats him. Dominic Cruz, obviously not. Uh, Mirab, I can't pronounce his last name. Davalishvili. Uh, I think Uriah beats him. I think Uriah beats Cody Stiman. Um, Song Yudong, I think it'd be close, but I'd pick Uriah, and I'd also pick Uriah to beat Marlon Vera. What about you? Okay, so I got Uriah beating Vera, Song Yudong, Cody Stiman. Um... Marab, whatever his last name is. <laughs> I got him beating um, Jimmy Rivera. Why'd you skip? Yeah. Why'd you skip? The- uh, Rafael, since, because I have to think. I got to think about that one. Um, well, we clearly know he doesn't beat Dominic Cruz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's the reason why I skipped that. I'm only going to name the people that I think he beats. All right, I'll go with a Sun Sal, too. Um he loses to Pedro Munoz. Probably loses to Edgar. Marlon, I think he beats. Loses to Aldo. Garbrand, he loses to. The the movement is just the movement and the power. Combination of that, too tremendous. I think he beats Rob Font. Um, Corey Sanhagen, he loses to also. <sighs> Ajame Sterling. Hmm. 
Just for a reminder, I picked him. I thought he'd beat Aljamain Sterling. I know. I just think he would have the ability to stuff Aljamain's takedowns and outstrike him in his prime. Now I'd know. pick him to lose. I don't know. Um... All right, we're gonna go Uriah on there, but I'm not. I'm not too confident. But we'll go Uriah there. And and, and, and Peter Yan. <laughs> well, what do you think about Peter Yan? I think Peter Yan beats the brakes off him. Well, he did. They just Uriah wasn't that's, his prime no, that's at the what time. I'm saying. At the, in his prime, I think he beats the brakes off him. Yeah, me, me. I've personally been so high on Peter Yan for a long time. Even a, even a while ago, I said I thought that even though Peter Yan hadn't fought really top top competition. I thought that Peter Yan would be champion you one did. day. Uh, did. I did. I, I remember specifically you told me. saying yeah. that. Yeah, and I just thought he just looked so good. Um, and even though the competition he was fighting wasn't the greatest, I just really thought, you know, he's just so technical. He's well-rounded. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who beats him if Aljamain Sterling isn't able to grapple him and hold him to down, get. which, yeah, Hunt I'm not even out. sure he's going to be able to. I can't wait. To, man, we're only a couple weeks away from doing – you know, from talking about that fight, and we'll be doing a before you know it, we'll be doing a predictions video for that. So we'll be thinking about that fight even more. But another great question by Yusuf is that he was he have one more? You said. Let me check. Oh man. Okay. Does Valentina Shevchenko have potential to become one of the greatest UFC fighters ever before she retires? I feel like she's one of the most technical and skillful fighters today, regardless of gender. And don't get uh, doesn't get credit. Uh, Last question. You you take this one first. Okay. Trying to think hard about this one. Um, I agree with everything that Yusuf said. Is that she's most technical, one of the most skilled fighters ever. I think because of the time that she's fighting against the women that she's fighting, and against the names that we're going to see on her resume, and some of those contenders, their career trajectory. After they've lost to her, I think that that will hold her back from being one of the greatest um, ever. In my personal opinion, is she one of the most dominant champion and dominant fighters we've seen of all time? Yes. But as a personal stance, me and you have actually clashed on this because of Ronda Rousey. I said, you know, at the time that Ronda Rousey came around, she was beating a lot of women that were nobodies. And that's not a fault of her own. You know, you cannot... You can't control the error that you're in, but you also have to be judged by the error that you're in, you know. So sadly, that'll be a knock on Valentina, but I do believe that she's gonna going forward, she will be one of the best female fighters of all time regardless of error. Yeah, yeah, I think she will go down as one of the greatest females uh as far as totality of the UFC yeah, regardless gender. of gender. Mm -hmm. I just think she's going to get buried a little bit because Definitely. of the quality of competition. Uh, but if she, let's say she ends up going to 135 in the next year or so and knocking off Amanda Nunes, that changes the whole discussion. And she arguably already beat Amanda Nunes twice. A lot of people thought that. Um, they were super close fights. Yep. But going is it's sad because as history, history, as I always say, comes down to like who won and who lost. You know, history is just going to show that the wins and the losses on the resume, and, and that's going to be it. Um, only once you get rid of, and it's like this throughout every single sport, once you get rid of people like us that was there to watch it live, 
and new and, and new influx of fan comes and did not see they don't they won't care. They just look at the record. They'll just look at the record. And it's sad, but it's true. You know, they're just gonna look at the record and say this person lost to this person and the context will have no meaning at that point. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. If um, you had to it, if you had to um rank Valentino and just off the top of your head, you don't have to get crazy in terms of totality, regardless of gender. Does she even crack into your top twenty? Fighters of all time. Probably. It's Does very she hard crack to into say. your top fifteen? I was gonna say no. I don't think top she, fifteen. Okay. And I think that that says enough. And I would tend to agree with you on that aspect. But a win over Amanda Nunes may change that. Does she crack into your top ten with a win over Amanda Nunes? Mm, no. And I think, I think that says enough. But what what about you? What's your answer for that? Same she, would she you. be in your top? The exact same stuff? as you. Great questions. Uh, if you have any questions for next week, anybody, leave them down below. We'll definitely talk about them, or even just a topic to discuss. Uh, another thing I wanted to do was a UFC 258 recap a little bit. Man, Usman, what an amazing win over Gilbert Burns. There was something I said on the post-fight show that has really kind of aged well, I guess. And I talked about that I did not like that Usman mentioned Masvidal's name because that opened the door for the potential rematch without Masvidal being, have earned it against competition. And man, am I seeing talk now. First off, the the MMA meet, the terrible MMA media is pushing for it. Now Kamar Usman wants it and Masvidal wants it. Dana White says the fans want it. And so it looks like we might be staring down a Kamar Usman, Jorge Masvidal rematch with Masvidal not winning a single fight in between their original fight. And also, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, he took it on late notice. Everyone that knew Masvidal, talked about Masvidal leading up to that fight, said he was training for that fight. And that was the original fight to make over the summer. And there was negotiating yep. that fell out between the UFC and Masvidal. And I, I just, I'm just tired of that excuse. And... He got dominated. He lost 50-45 on all the judges' scorecards, I'm pretty sure. And I know it's not necessarily Usman's fault, but, man, am I going to be sick if we have to watch Usman versus Masvidal 2 when we have fights like Usman versus Colby 2, Usman versus Leon Edwards with a potential win, uh, just much more deserving guys. And, man, I'm just going to be sick. And I, we, st- we try to stay consistent, you know. And just for me... To sit here and act like I'm excited for a Masvidal fight when Masvidal has had no wins since this fight where he got dominated by Usman, whether you like it or not. It's just not fun, and it just sickens me that the MMA media and the MMA media personalities are acting like this is okay. It's not okay. This is a sport. It's not a popularity contest. Sometimes those areas overlap where, you you know, we've talked about it before where guys have multiple winning streaks. And maybe this guy's more popular, so we'll throw him in there because both guys are kind of equally deserving. But there is no gray area here. I'd rather Leon Edwards fight for the belt next with no other fights, you know, because it's not his fault he didn't fight Woodley. It's not his fault he didn't fight Hamzat two of the three times. Uh, so I would ha- I'd be more open to Leon Edwards fight yep. versus Usman than I want a Jorge Masvidal versus, you know, Usman. And, and Jorge Masvidal's last wins against Nate Diaz. 
come on now. Nate Diaz isn't even a real welterweight. And, you know, we know what Nate Diaz is, and I love Nate Diaz, and I, and I like Corey Masvidal. I got his bobblehead sitting right behind me right now. But I want guys who deserve a title shot to get a title shot. They should not be waiting in the wings why guys who don't deserve it and have not even proven that a fight will be competitive get their title shot. It just makes me sick, man. I I hope this doesn't happen, but I got a gut feeling. My gut tells me it's going to happen. I just know it. Man, there's a lot to impact there, right? All right. First and foremost, I don't blame Kamaru Usman. I always find it weird that, um, you know, someone could be bothering you and then you respond and then people complain about your reaction to what someone's been doing to you. You know, so Mazel has been bothering this guy on Twitter. He decided to react. Um, we got what we got. What I don't like is that Dana White among MMA media also have taken advantage of the reaction that he had and then used this to push the fight to the forefront. Usman also stated at, in that post fight that he's willing to fight any permutation of any one of those top guys. Um, at this point, that's the reason why for MMA we have we supposedly have the rankings. We supposedly have to have steps in place where the number one guy is supposed to go on and challenge for the belt. Masvidal coming off a loss to Usman, it's such a decisive loss for him to get the title shot again would be a travesty. It would be disgusting. Would I watch it? Yes, I would watch it. Would I? Would I like it? No. Do I think it affects the integrity of the belt? Yes. Oh, yes, it does. But there's something happening at welterweight, and there's something happening with all these guys. You have a pop, and it seems to just be welterweight specifically. We keep running into this where these guys, not the champion, but Masvidal and down, they are rejecting fights. And I believe that they should be punished for this. You have Mazdor who allegedly, but just his name has been in mixed with many different guys. And for whatever reason, after the um, Ben Askren knocked out, it's been very difficult to negotiate with him, which is his right. But there's fights that he should have taken that he hasn't taken. You now have Colby Covington, who's turning down or saying he doesn't want to fight Leon Edwards. Absolutely absurd, and it's just crazy. You have Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who said that he didn't want to fight Hamza Jamai, which he could have came and just ended that show there. You have Leon Edwards, who said that he didn't want to fight Hamza Jamai, who he could have ended the hype train. Then he, because they took him off the rankings, which is just disgusting by the UFC, then they kind of blackmailed him into fighting him. And then now look at the situation that Leon Edwards is in. I believe in fighter freedom and fighter support. But we have to get to a point where these guys cannot escape fighting the best of the best. We should not. This problem is not. It's compounded of not just the Mazdal potentially getting a title shot, but what all those guys are doing at welterweight. They should not be able to duck each other like this. It shouldn't be able to happen, you know. And we're not getting to see the best fights made. At welterweight, because these guys are trying to avoid each other. There, there was something that we did on one of these podcasts where it showed the permutations of fights between the top welterweights, and they've avoided each other somehow, some way. It has to stop. I'm totally disgusted by it. And at this point, I would be disgusted by uh, Usman Mazdal rematch, which I'm in agreement with you. I think is a strong possibility. 
But I don't even know where to go from here because you have guys that are... You have Kobe saying he doesn't want to fight Edwards. Talking about he's rewarding Edwards. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Edwards is the number three ranked guy. <laughs> and I know he hasn't fought forever, but that's no fault of his own. Yeah, like, what are you What are you, What are are you? you talking about? What's, what's going on? What's really going on here? So... It's it's a big problem that we're seeing here at welterweight. And because of that problem, because of all these guys avoiding each other, it, the UFC now has the basis to, to go out there and say that there's no real number one contender. Yeah, Kobe has a win, but it's against Tyrone Woodley. I mean, we saw him lose against the, the game show guy, and I think the guy was a teacher or fucking, excuse me, blue-collar worker. Like, you like, like, come on, man. Like there's a million of those guys running around, and Woodley got distracted by that guy on the game show, and and now Woodley he's he keeps talking every single fight that he's trying to find his passion. Like, dude, at this point, who knows what's happening? You just had to collect the check. Um, so you have that. Wonder Boys looked very impressive, but I don't think he's done enough. You know, then you have Le- poor Leon Edwards. Like he's just been inactive forever, and that's of no fault of his own. So there's no real clear. Clear cut guy that's there, and I think because of that they're gonna go and give um, Masvidal the um, the fight, and that may be a travesty in some ways, man. It's just it's super unfortunate, and I I really think that if Masvidal gets beat up again, that him like many others that behave just like him will just see him disappear off into the sunset, man. Because I who 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 knows who knows what's coming to him next. You know he he's found a way to angle himself. Into he's just trying to get title fight or weird BMF belts and all sorts of other nonsense. So I I have no idea what's going on there. I just want to see the best fight the best, and it sucks because as a fan, you'd never want to give the UFC too much control, give them too much support, but you wish that there was a way to force these guys to fight each other. It seems like just that division is where you have a bunch of guys just hiding. You know, so it's just crazy. It's just super unfortunate. For me, it seems like Masvidal doesn't want to fight Colby. Colby doesn't want to fight uh, Edwards. Yep. So I say you do Edwards versus Wonderboy. Winner gets the title shot against Usman. That's my solution. All them other guys can sit out yep. until they're ready to fight each other. Uh, Leon wants to fight. Wonderboy wants to fight. Let them two fight. I think what happened is, I think the UFC was planning on giving Hamza a title shot if he was beating Leon, if he beat Leon in March. But obviously that plan's been derailed. Could you have imagined if he beat Leon and went into a title shot? That'd be such a fast rise into a welterweight title shot. Oh, my. But I think that's really was the true plan. I know the UFC tries to say, oh, we don't plan on anything. They were planning. The reason they kept sticking with that Leon yep. fight is because they wanted a win for Hamza over a credible guy that they could say, okay, we're giving him a title shot, and they wouldn't get backlash yep. from guys like me or you. Because with a win over Leon Edwards, I would have been okay with Hamzat getting a total shot, depending on the landscape of the division at the time, who had fought who, and what had been going on recently. Uh, but, man, I don't want to see this Jorge Masvidal yeah. rematch. If Jorge Masvidal was to go and beat Colby Covington, I'd want to see it, yeah. then we can talk about yep. it. Because that shows some real growth, because Colby Covington is essentially a mirror fighter of Usman, slightly. Um, very similar skill set. We've talked about it over and over again. Look how long he's avoided fight, fighting Leon Edwards. Yeah, I don't Look how long guy. he's avoided fighting um, Kobe. Co- I, I, at this point, it's like, come on now. You know, it'd only be. It, it seems like fights are just not coming together. Yeah. It sucks, man. And and we have to we have to look back and as fans, as we got to try to be intelligent fans. 
What's the reason that these fights aren't happening? Look at the timing. Both men being free. Both men being there in the rankings. I would have loved to see Jorge versus Leon Edwards. The fight is there on the silver platter. And that... And that's a winnable fight yep. for Masvidal. A lot more winnable than a Kobe fight. And, and the fight is there on a, a silver platter. Easy easy to make. Easy to advertise. Easy to make. Why aren't they happening? Somebody is avoiding somebody. And it seems to be all those men within that division seem to be problematic. So, it's just... It's bad business all around, man. Let me ask you this regarding Usman. While we're talking about Usman in different fights. There's been two hypothetical matchups talked about coming out of uh, 258. One of them being Kamar Usman versus GSP. And I wanted to ask you, is the are the is the MMA media slash and also MMA fans are they ever going to let go of GSP? Never. For love of God, I'm tired of hearing They're about GSP his coming nuts. back, GSP coming back, GSP coming back, GSP coming back. They're hugging is his nuts. Is it ever going to end? No. They're hugging his nuts. And I don't want to say anything too crazy to get to get um YouTube on our next, but they're literally hugging his nuts. At this Is point, that a fight they're, you're holding, interested in? they're holding on to his pubic hair for their life. The crazy thing is, especially with MMA media and MMA fans, they have claimed that GSP has been training for Khabib for three years now. For three years now. We have had conversation about GSP versus Khabib. Any permutation of GSP versus blah, blah, blah. I think the road for that has finally come to a close. Let's I think, I think if Conor McGregor would have, beat it, would have beaten Khabib in their fight, I think they would have done GSP versus Conor. Because I think GSP was licking his lips. Oh, of course. Looking at Conor McGregor, the paydays plus the stylistic matchup. It was a wet dream for him. Yeah, but uh, do you have any interest in Usman versus GSP? Zero. At this point? Thank you. Me neither. Okay, the other fight, and I actually mentioned I, the other fight. I actually mentioned to you recently that I said this is a fight that I think people would love, but nobody ever even mentions. Kamar Usman versus Khabib Nurmagomedov, because the stylistic matchup there. We actually, I think we did. We talk about that on the post fight. If we didn't, we talked about it after the post fight while we were uploading the video, yep. because the stylistic matchup. That's that's a dream matchup right there, and you have two guys who are dominant champions at this point. Uh, why why is nobody talking about that? Size. Is, is that a is that a fight that you think the UFC should try to put together? Size. And then you know, for us as hardcore fans, you know, we love Usman, um, but the casuals and Dana White, they're like, you know, uh, Habib is going to want a lot of money for it. Usman's going to want a lot of money for it. And sadly, the casuals aren't going to get behind that. You know, I know that's and that's and that's that's what sucks for us as as fans because we would be intrigued, even with the size disadvantage by um, Habib. But you know, to get those fights really going, you got to get the casuals involved and invested. And at this point, I don't believe the casuals. This I think they're still not invested in Usman, which is sad. It's unfortunate, and that's why his name is not surrounded by any kind of super fights. If you notice, he's one of a few champions. There's no kind of super fights that's even out there for him. Well, supposedly what I read, because I was wondering, why is nobody ever talking about this? Supposedly it's basically shut down because him and Khabib are friends. Uh, I don't know how true that is or if that's the reason why or not why, but I figured I'd mention it. But as far as your interest level, 
if there was a possibility of them putting that fight together, would you be? Would you want that fight? At this moment, yeah. There's no clear cut number one contender. You're talking about taking a guy that um that lost in Mazdo, and giving him an attack. I think this would be a perfect moment for that. Gone to your head. Who do you favor? Who would you pick? Usman just because he's bigger. Same here. Besides, we've talked we've talked about it briefly before. Uh, I just think all things equal. I just don't see Khabib being able to dominate him in the grappling department. Usman's never been taken down. He's fighting much bigger guys. Uh, I just don't... If Khabib was able to do that, I would be in absolute awe. Uh, You know, that would be the biggest, best possible win that he could get. That would be his... Can you imagine if he went out there and started ragdolling Usman? That would be his Stipe Miocic for John Jones. That would be his Francis Ngannou. If he was able to go out there and, and just ragdoll him, not even ragdoll, you know that's that's way too dramatic. If he was to go out there and just <laughs> and just get him down, eke out a decision, and, and, and get a decision. Just imagine the quality level of that win. Just amazing. With a, without, yeah, as a smaller guy against um against because we know, we we now know that Usman got some heat on this. He got some. He got some power too. As a smaller guy, and you go and he's he's competent enough to strike with him, and then and then he's taking him down. That'll be a fantastic win. Career-defining, legacy moment type of win. That'd be an amazing fight, but we'll never get that, and that's sad. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, man. I don't. Yeah, that fight will never happen. Uh, I'm still on in the camp that Habib's never returning. Uh, while we're talking about dream fights, we are right around the corner from UFC 259. Man, three title fights. You got Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. Megan Anderson versus Amanda Nunes and Peter and uh, Yan Blahovich versus Israel Adesanya. Only a couple weeks away. How excited are you for that card, man? Because I'm super excited, especially after this top-heavy UFC 258, 259. I am super excited for. I'm hoping and crossing my fingers and praying. No injuries, no last-minute fallouts. Please, everybody, stay on the card. You have Dominic Cruz on the prelims. Uh, man, what a what a wonderful card. How excited are you for that card? Extremely excited, you know. It's the um, the, look the car. Look at the title shots, dude. Title shots is fantastic. Different the, different forms of title fights is there. I can't wait to see what's gonna happen with Israel Alessania and um, Yan. The size difference, the skill level. You know, I have no complaints when it comes to that. If Alessania beats Yan, what happens from there? <sighs> Alessania beats Yan. I think Alessandro is going to go and try to defend everything in two divisions. I think that's right. So, what do you think? He goes back right back to middleweight? Hmm? Or do you think he goes back to middleweight to defend the middleweight belt? Or do you think he stays at light heavyweight and defends the light heavyweight belt? What do you I think? I think he tries to do it in both. I think he tries to defend both. I think he's going to. Wa- yeah. I think he's Are crazy you watching pornography? No, I'm reading the text. <laughs> Oh, man. So, any other things you want to bring up on this podcast? No, I think this is a great one. If I don't say so myself. Yeah. Um, So, while you're watching your pornography, thank you, everyone, for watching.